are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. It's a classic pre-recorded, no live show <laughs> shenanigans going on. Just me, John, microphone. You can't see us. We, we look we look just the same. We do not look like we are uh we we are uh we're not dolled we're still dolled up for the show, right, John? We we don't, right. we don't I, have, I have a I have a top hat and a tuxedo <laughs> on right now. Exactly, because we gotta celebrate. We gotta celebrate. Sorry for the no live show, guys. John is currently uh going in for That's uh, right. As you're listening to this, if you're a Patreon, <laughs> you can be listening to this while I am unconscious. But otherwise unconscious. I will be uh I, I we've talked about it last week. I am out of out of commission for some amount of time for for a surgery and i will be hopefully but i'm sure i'll be back uh next week for normal yes i'll just have a i'll just have a sling on that's you'll, okay you'll have a sling on you'll be you'll be you'll be uh a walking wounded as they say mm-hmm. um but john we we got a we got some positivity this is going to be a positive show if you listened last week and you're in a vacuum and you don't know dc you will probably <laughs> be you wondering. Saw Ted on twitter really <laughs> <laughs> Or you saw me on Twitter. Yes. Um, you might be wondering, wow, these people sound like different people. Do they get, um, you know, is Dave Casper holding a gun off screen at them saying, <laughs> say Maybe. good things? Maybe that might be happening. Um, but no, uh, we actually have some some positivity, some hope. Maybe after DC United's dramatic 3-2 victory. Uh, John, you were, you were out of, I believe you sort of watched the game, so you did not get the full. I, I had... Uh, my wife uh, scheduled a um, a weekend away to uh, for uh, for an event, so I, I had the house to myself. You were, and you were was, in MLS sicko mode, as we discussed. As as yes, I was in full MLS sicko mode. I started right at four thirty. I went and got some. I love it. Some food, uh, and then basically sat around the house and watched MLS and watched the whole league. And uh, I got to say, I, ha- I had my little laptop open. I had the, the MLS 360 show. It, the MLS 360 show was, was I'm sure, fun to watch for the Eastern Conference games. Obviously, I had to focus on the DC game, so I did not get the whole full experience. But it's clear they were uh, they, they were trying out some things. Um, there was a, a guy on Twitter who kind of went off on some of the things he didn't like about the, the MLS 360 show. A lot of complaints about the commercials. My thinking is you got to give these guys some breaks and give a 30 second break. If any action happens, you can just kind of cut right in. Um, I understand maybe a little bit of those frustrations, but overall it was like, it's like a product I have wanted from this league for so long yep. as someone who's an MLS fan. Um, so that was cool. And obviously again, I think we've talked about the broadcast uh, did not disappoint um, considering the time frames, considering how it wasn't perfect. Um, I believe I went on, I caught the MLS wrap up show. Um, and they did not talk, <laughs> did not talk anything about DC or the Atlanta game, um, which was a little confusing to me. According to Andrew Weeby, there were some technical issues. So not, especially not, the way both of those games ended. Yeah. Oh, you would think those, I was like, those games were like the most exciting out after uh-huh. the afternoon. Apparently there were some technical issues with the first segment. So that was apparently lost, um, lost to the ether, as they say, Hey, we, we've run, we've run podcasts. We, we know how it is. We, we've, we've had we've had we, we've we've had entire shows. Go, That's what I was going to say. The can we've had interviews. We had interviews go into the go into the can um, or, or completely fall apart. Um, so we're we're not unfamiliar to this. Now we understand. You know, we don't have Apple's budget either, though. We, <laughs> we don't have Apple's budget. We don't have MLS's budget even um, to do this. But you know, hey, it's it's we understand. It's 
all in all, it's been, I think, a very successful weekend for Apple TV. Um, actually, perfect timing, too, with the with the announcements about all the uh, a lot of people have been complaining about, oh, I can't watch this game on TV. Well, guess what? Uh, pretty soon you might have to buy a sports package to watch your team because uh, all the RSNs up and down the eastern seaboard all the way out to the Atlantic, all the way out to the West Coast are imploding right now. Um, so very interesting kind of like framing MLS launches this week. The broadcast quality is fantastic. The studio is fantastic. Uh, there's a, a, an image up there by World Soccer Talk where they compare uh, the Nashville um, New York City FC game was on Big Fox. And uh, the production quality difference was stark. Um, it looked like uh, they found some sort of like small room, hung up a DoorDash banner and and told uh, and told uh, John Strong and uh, and Stu Holden, hey, you just just call it here. You're going to be watching it on TV. So uh, clear, clearly Fox is saying, OK, we're, we're just we're not really going to invest that much. We're really just maintaining this for the World Cup. We want to keep keep a keep a soccer staff. And that's really all this is all about. So but uh, other than that, fun times on Apple. Love the broadcast. Let's get into the game. Um, any, any impressions you have, I guess, from what you're watching, sort of the, the full live broadcast? You didn't get yeah. the, the, the and I've got to mention too the Dave Johnson radio was really cool. Um, that worked nicely. It was a little bit out of sync, but not too much that it was really noticeable. Um, I, I could tell that they were calling. I think there's like a section of Audi Field where they were calling it. Um, but unfortunately, you can't watch that on the replay. But any thoughts you had, I guess, watching the the broadcast? Yeah, no, I'm curious if they were calling the radio, doing the radio feed. Uh, since I don't, I'm not sure the, ha- I know that they have radio auxiliary rooms mm-hmm. uh, in the press box, like to the up and above the press box. And I heard that the the Spanish feed could be heard over the English feed at some time. So, I, all all these things, all these week one things will shake out. I think yeah. both the wraparound show and everything else. But what I wanted to just say, and you you know you tweeted about this, the 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 quality is amazing. Yeah, it's everything. I, I mean the transitions, the 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 camera angles, the uh, the graphics packages, the uh, the video direction, so the the, pr- the live production on site, everything is leaps and bounds, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is what this is exactly why you make this move. I think they have to be the league has to be very excited, you know. Uh, aside from the growing pains, just for the the level of quality, just right from the start is is jumped up way up, and and we still haven't gotten to the 4K stuff, which will come soon. We haven't gotten to all the languages being released. They are. They were really just slapping this thing together like days before the 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 the, the uh, radio news came out. I think two days uh, yeah. before the first game. So yeah, um, and I think they are calling. It. Apparently, they did, they had a monitor where they where they had the I guess the Apple TV feed. Um, I think Dave was complaining that that the Apple TV feed cut out on him, and so they had, oh. she had they actually had no idea how much stoppage time. Uh. <laughs> So there was a little bit of that. Um, so they they were kind of on Twitter being like, hey, tell me, if you're on Twitter, uh, tweet me and tell me how much stoppage time. <laughs> he, so he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't on site? Uh, he was on site. Oh, he was on site. Okay. He was on site, but I guess, you know, they don't show the stoppage time. That's or true. They might, and they might have missed the, you know, they have the little board that goes up. So they probably maybe just missed that um, as they were watching. Main watching the feed, so yeah. But the little, I think they have a little monitor where they can, like, I guess, see replays and stuff, and so they they can uh, where they are. So, at any rate, um, you know, I, I think it was good. It was good to hear Dave's voice. Um, you know, it's good to have that sort of local connection. It's it's a shame um, if you are wondering. I, there's going to be people who are going to be like, hey, well, why can't I listen to Dave on the away game? Um, because the away feed apparently they're having syncing issues, or they they, can, they they're trying to figure out how they can, I guess, make that work. 
Uh, so right now it's just the home feed for the radio games, which I think for some people is going to be, you know, season ticket holders, you know, who maybe want to hear Dave Johnson. They normally will be at the games. Uh, so I think that'll be kind of disappointing for them. Uh, but for someone like me who's not going to every game, um, pretty sweet deal to listen to listen to Dave Johnson. And it's, it's like nothing changed. It's like same same picture, same games, and hearing hearing it's in the net. And we heard and we heard it, it's in the net three times, which maybe we weren't expecting. Perfect <laughs> no. segue. Perfect segue to the to the game. DC United three two victors over Toronto FC. Uh, a dramatic finish to the game. Um, this was, I, I, it's hard to call like a start, I guess, to the season. Now, now let, let's preface. I think, I think we're going to talk very positively. It's just week one. We have no clue how good some of these teams are. This win against Toronto might, I think at the time probably looks like maybe a good win. Toronto's a team that spends a lot of money. They've got Bob Bradley. Who's a, who's a, a very good coach in this league. Um, yeah, they're a team that is considered uh, very much a amb- ambition wise, you know, a ring above us. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll be good this year. We've seen plenty a of couple, ambitious teams. A couple that, steps above us. A couple, a, few, a, a few steps. A few rings above. A few steps yeah. above us. Yeah, but uh, you know, who knows? But who knows? I honestly, based on this, uh, they were a lot of the ML, a lot of the MLS. You know, Nigel Rio Coker and uh, and Andrew Weeby and were talking. You know, almost like they're concerned about the team. Um, so who knows how this is gonna this one will look? Um, but I think you know, in a vacuum, first game of the season. Big win. Probably weren't expecting it considering the injuries. Uh, John, you, you're the freshest, I guess, from watching this game. Yeah. Uh, give me give me some initial thoughts. What are you what no. are you thinking about this win? First of all, I forgot that Nigel Rio Coker ended his career in MLS. I think he played for Vancouver <laughs> to end this career. Because yep. I remember when they saw when I saw him announce, I was like, what? Why? That's so strange. <laughs> That's very weird to me. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, man. I, I have so many things to say about individual player performances and some of the players that came in. Uh, so first opportunities, first, you know, chances to impress. And a lot of them really did this game. Uh, it was wild to me for how much of the, for the entire first half to me, it felt like our center backs who I was originally very concerned about based on the depth that we had to immediately employ. Uh, they didn't, they weren't troubled. Uh, the, the line of contention was in front of the center backs. The midfield was handling most of the Toronto attacks pretty much the whole time, uh, until the second half. And it was really, you know, it was great to see uh, that happen. Like, just tactically, uh, I was really, really impressed with DC United's sort of fluidity, uh, their ability to connect passes a lot of times. Um, how do you want, how do you, you know, how do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about sort of, do we want to go through the, the chronological of the game or just sort of talk? Well, let's start kind feeling? of, let's start feelings, I guess, my feelings before the game. I actually, there's a, if you don't know, the DC United Discord does a prediction league. And I think I, I had said 2 1. A, a two-one victory for um, uh, for Toronto FC. I was not not confident this team was going to walk away with three points out of this game. Uh, and I saw the lineup. I saw you know it, Wayne looks really high on Akinboni, but he's a he's a sixteen-year-old playing center back. Uh, there's a reason you don't see too many sixteen-year-olds playing center back uh, any anywhere in the world. Uh, I mean, it, it has to be a really special talent to do that type of thing. There's just so much about being a center back. You're from a Defensive organizational state, the the pay structure of how how much offensive players are paid versus defensive players in this league also adds to it. I think an extra level to it. Um, so I was honestly very, and then of course also Victor Paulson, who I am not strong on as a center back. I'll get to them in a minute, but I I was really expecting this. I was like, this is this could be this could get bad. This could get really really bad. Um, and 
I was pleasantly surprised at how much it wasn't. Um, it just, I mean, let's, I think, you know, that that's kind of my thoughts going into the game. I don't know. You, you were unable to watch the game. I don't know if you had the same sort of, I was, live I was following along. I saw the lineup, right? I was out to dinner with very, yeah. very dear friends. No Funtas as well, which also added. That was an, and that was a announced injury. Yeah, that was late. That was that was not announced in the initial. That was a a sort of I guess game time decision. So maybe during warm ups, maybe there was something he feeling tight, and they just decided no, we're just going to hold you back. So was it also decided that Burnbaum wasn't ninety minutes fit? Did they ever say that why he didn't why he didn't start over Paulson? Yeah, there was something with illness. Um, that's okay. what I said. So that's what I thought. Knows, maybe yeah. like midweek illness, and he wasn't. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I was I was concerned at center back. I think that that they also the graphics uh, for the lineup. I don't know why they do this. The DC United graphics for lineups were in absolutely no cohesive uh, <laughs> order at all whatsoever. I was like, this is particularly with all of the weird fit players that we had going in there. I was like, this is not helpful. Uh, foot mob was not helpful. DC United logo was not helpful, but uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it worked out. The first half was, was really something that I did not expect to be honest. We didn't expect the second half either, but like DC was to me pretty dominant. They didn't have all of the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about, I guess the middle three, I think was the most, the middle three in the midfield was kind of the most tricky. And I think why I think some of the shortcomings potentially we could have had a defense um, were not exposed. I think that's uh, a very good point. Dude. Yeah. You have Matias click, obviously new designated player. I'm getting that on the Jersey, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. He he moved up my list and, and then, well, then take you to Pietro. So now I've got a little bit of a competition yeah. going on. on who I'm He's got play. a goofy number. That's the one that cl- but click is, has a <laughs> kind of a goofy number, which makes me maybe not want to get it, but we're, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But we had, uh, we had Chris because Victor Paulson was obviously in center defense. Uh, we had sort of kind of a, a expected um, three man sort of midfield. It was, a 442 sort of listed on the website um, with Durkin playing outright. Uh, but it was basically kind of a 433. Um, you had Pedro Santos uh, playing on the left side, definitely pushing a little higher. So kind of how it, if you think about how it works, and I think this was talked about um, on the district press, which is uh, where black and red will now live. So definitely go check them out there. They've managed to get that site up and running. So we still have good independent coverage of, of, of DC along with this humble show also get some of the other stuff. But uh, I think what, what we're looking at from DC is obviously, you know, it's a four, it lines up as a four, four, two. That's why it's going to be in the lineup graph it in the attack. Sort of, it's going to be a four, three, three with, you know, either your left or right wing, depending on who puts, I guess who plays where if Hopkins is there, he's probably going to push more forward. Um, if, you know, Pedro Santos is there, then he's probably going to push more forward. If Martin Moregas was still healthy, he would push more forward. Uh, but, you know, and then you're going to kind of have sort of a three man, holding midfield in this case in this game it was Durkin Knaus and um and Click uh, Click obviously pushing forward a little bit and then also you have your wingbacks uh, which this was Nahar and uh and Mo so um and that can turn into a five man attack if you're really going for it so um so sort of a 5-3-2 or a sorry 2-3-5 type situation so it's a flexible formation and i think it kind of fits the team so it's kind of how kind of how i thought this team was going to line up so that that was i feel like something i got right i guess about how this team and we'll see what happens with taxi comes back how that changes but um overall like i think that three you looked at this game and you said okay the three center midfielders have to control this game because if there is just relentless pressure on that back line it is going to be exposed very quickly um and i think you know when 
and Signe was out there, they basically neutralized them. There wasn't a whole lot. Um, they, you know, Canals, I think still, it's amazing to me how much Canals is, is, is really not valued in this league as kind yeah. of that six destroyer, because considering he, he came out of, he basically has been on ice for, he's been like the caveman on ice for six months. I don't know. <laughs> Other than preseason, he was been injured. He's been mm-hmm. out of the team and he just, he just entered this game like he's been like he's been playing consecutively and had never stopped and hadn't been injured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been tough for him. It, injuries are always a concern for him. Uh, but when he's out there, if you like all the games where DC looks the dominant and, and the better team, it's when he's out there um, on the field. And he 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 brought an edge to this game. I think he got in Toronto's head had a lot of the time, um, particularly in that first half. Uh, and the team. Go ahead. Him and Click are like the Bash brothers. Oh yeah, the, the, the mighty. This this is a two man pairing that will. It's sort of similar to the Tyler Adams Weston McKinney Leeds United sort of like uh, the the recent branding of like <laughs> th- these are these are a midfield pairing that your team will hate to play against and also has skills to 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 open up the offense. Uh, I, well, I'm, I want to just get started and talk about Click. Yeah, uh, because, excellent. I mean, the, he scored a goal. That's fine. That's not even what I'm most <laughs> excited about. The goal was nice. Uh, the opportunity that, that presented itself, he they they sort of backed off him from where he was, and Sean Johnson did not get a great push there. I don't imagine he would thought a shot was coming from that angle. He was probably uh, you know expecting they hit a little more time before the threat came, but he scored and it was great. Glad he did that. He has. This is what I always talk about. Decent in the last three years of us doing this podcast, I've talked about. The difference between teams that are good and teams that are bad are teams, players that before they have the ball and when they receive it, the the touch they make is where they want to go. The the pass they're going to make is already on their mind. It does not look like as they receive the ball, they're doing a lot of thinking, right? They're doing a lot of processing on the, in, in the second. He has technical skill out of it, it's it's overflowing. He doesn't he there's it cannot be contained in his. He just does not look the MLS part. It's, it's, it's so great to see. And, you know, the people were wondering, you know, as you make these designated player signings, he's not a big dollar guy. He's mm-hmm. not a flashy name, really. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's well known, but he's not going to catch the casual fans. eye. so is that the kind of player you want to bring in? He elevated the midfield in, in one game uh, enough to has Edison, did Edison Flores ever have that amount of impact on the players around him? over over 90 minutes yeah i don't i don't really think so i I think that this is already this is already a home run because you see what he's going to do for the team in a very very clear way yeah i mean i i think i I think if dc had gotten this guy at like 28 27 i think you'd see i mean the 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 vast response on the um uh, on from the from the fans or sorry from from the meat from the sort of mls established media has been like very negative on like, you know, they don't really get this move. They don't really understand it. They, I, I, I've, I've been su- a little bit surprised by it. Um, they, a lot of them, and I, I, I was hoping, I was kind of hoping maybe we'd see some of that narrative change up. I'd be curious to listen to see if, if that narrative does change. Uh, but I mean, overall he looked like it very much looked like, I, I think back to the, you know, I preface this as a, you know, we talk about, you know, we beat Charlotte three, nothing. And that game felt very different from this game when it was a much that was a, you know, a perceived blowout. And this was a much closer game. Um, There were some some negatives, which maybe we'll get into a little bit. Um, But overall, you could sort of see like, oh, okay, 
last game you could see there there's some problems here <laughs> the team wasn't gelling the team was off center like the goals came off very weird instances i think one one of course was a penalty kick this game felt like okay i can see what's what's dc's building here and and what matias click is bringing the team looked in sync there were passes they were, you know, that were creating and generating opportunities. Um, I thought Chris Durkin especially has has taken a, a taken a step up. I thought he was he was really good in this game. Had a couple of nice crosses, kind of playing that sort of faux right side uh, when he would get down on the play. Um, you know, but but obviously Click was just. I agree with you. It's like it's a guy who it clearly has soccer IQ um, above other players. And if if this team, I think the big question, of course, he's thirty two. If this team can keep him healthy, can keep him engaged, um, and keep this, you know, keep really keeping this thing going, then uh, we might honestly have something here. So, honestly, fr- from a perspective of, you know, we talk about DPs and how many times have we had DPs come in here and not make an impact? And we're like, well, it's the first game, we'll see. And, you know, but you kind of have that thought in the back of your head, like, I don't know, it's, it's got, it's got to, it's, 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 it's got to turn around quick. <laughs> um, and he comes on the first game, scores a goal like that, is involved in the attack, uh, really for the full 90 minutes. Didn't yep. look like he was slowing down. Um, so early indications uh, that this this is this was a good signing by the team. Got to keep him healthy now. That's that's the biggest thing. Um, let's talk about. Uh, let's maybe get into. Yeah, let's get into some bad. Um, I'll, I'll bring up Christian Benteke. He gets a goal. So I think honestly, I, I would say in that first half. Mendeke's biggest problem, if he if he is touching the ball, you know, inside the 18, right outside the six yard box, um, where all he has to do is focus on just shooting the shooting on goal. He's great. We saw a couple instances where I think there was obviously the header uh, from the cross from Ted Pietro to tie up the game. And then I, there was another moment where he kind of got the ball in. So the 18 yard box made a really, really nice sort of lean back with his uh, with this chest and very nearly if he gets that ball and it falls. Uh, you know, he's got the longer legs than whatever defender he's going to take. He's going to get a, a strike on goal on there. So um, there were moments like that. But I think if I am any team trying to beat DC United, I am telling defenders, you need to frustrate Benteke so much and 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 separate and get him as far away from any other attacking DC United players. Because if he is having to come out of the 18 to receive the ball and having to try to make a play with his feet or try to make a pass, you're going to be fine because we saw several times he would he would lose the ball in possession. Same as last season, lose the ball in possession. He would make an errant pass. Yeah, space two. is not his friend. Space yeah. is not his friend. Uh, that's not what you want. I think someone remarked on this on our Twitter account is that uh, you saw a market increase in his danger uh, when the young the young attackers came on. Basically, when mm-hmm. you know, uh, I want to talk about Nigel Bertha as well, but I think you saw that pairing. There are some. Uh, I don't think that's what he needs. I, I think I think really he just needs to get in the box and be served and not really be trying to create, not really being forced to move really far away from the goal. He he maybe can do it at, at a certain point, and maybe this is just sort of still. I just don't think it's his best thing, and I think <laughs> I think the shortcut to his immediate effectiveness is where he scored and, and uh, you know getting in the box and being selfish too, and not yeah. trying to always play somebody in. I I, I will say. Uh, from a if we're comparing from last year to this year it was not 
nearly as bad. There were some moments in which he connected. I felt a couple passes. Uh, he made a couple moves to try to try to create space for himself. It was a little bit better, but I think where he is going to be most successful is he uses his his God given physical gifts, which is he is the tallest guy out there. He can jump higher than pretty much any player out there. So any sort of crossed ball, if it finds his head, it's probably going to be directed on target and and and, and you know in the back of the net. Um, if he's if he's in that type of area where he can get a shot off. Uh, that that's where that's where his strengths are going to really come into play. Um, obviously, um, I think we talked a little bit about the center defenders. I thought they were fine. The game really did start to change. Actually, funny enough, when the the highest paid player on Toronto went down injured in Um, because I thought what the, what the biggest thing was that when it was Insigne out there, he was not a guy who was going to use, you know, he's in his 30s as well, not going to use speed. He's not going to use speed. So, but basically, DC kind of figured all we got to do is just keep Insigne in front of us, and he's not going to beat us because there's just is one of him and there's several of us, and we can kind of sort of shut him down. They did a very effective job shutting him down. Where it really started to flip was when Insigne went off. Aya Akinola, who's been a, a DC killer, we DC forever always has players. Will Bruin. Guys who are not, you know, world beaters in this league, but when they come against us, oh man, do they? And, and DC was very lucky. There were several opportunities, um, one of which I think Akinola completely turns Paulson and sort of trips up on the turf, does not get the shot off that he wants on it. Uh, very easily could have been tied um, at the end of the first half. And I think there was another opportunity um, as well where I think um, Akinboni gets sort of burned on, on the opportunity. So, you know, I think from a, the central defense did enough. Um, they still, there still were certain moments. I thought that they, they held up enough, but there were moments where, I mean, if, uh, if Akinola doesn't, you know, get tripped up on his feet, we may be having a, a very different conversation about, about this game and this team. So, uh, I, I will be sort of hopeful that Birnbaum can get over whatever illness he is, that he is back in the starting lineup. Um, where do we see? So, you know, Wayne Rooney talked up Akinboni. I think we know, we know what Paulson is. Paulson, you know, is a, Emergency center defender, if he is asked to be more than that, if he's asked to be a, a consistent starter, we have issues. Mm-hmm. Akinboni is a more interesting discussion here. He is 16. He's young. He did not seem intimidated by the moment. He made some pretty good defensive plays. Do you know, heading into this week, Birnbaum's fully healthy. Do you, and let's assume that Derek Williams, and I think Derek Williams is still out. And um, Pines is recovering from injury, so he's and, not available. Yeah, Pines looks like he's not available. And obviously, Brendan Hines, like, uh, I think is still out for a bit. Yep. Do you start uh, Akinboni or do you start uh, Victor Paulson? With Steve Birnbaum? Yes. Uh, against Columbus in Columbus. With Kucha Hernandez. I, <laughs> yeah, I would start Paulson and, uh, and Birnbaum. I think that, I think some of Wayne is somewhat, some of what Wayne is doing is, about confidence building for a young player who right. is being forced to be available and being forced into the situation due to the injury uh, situation at the club. I think that maybe if I think that's part of it, I think, I think there's some man management at play here and why we're hearing so much about Matthias Camboni. Uh, he, he has his moments. He looked pretty good, particularly for a 16 year old. As you said, he also looked like a 16 year old when he, mm-hmm. uh, when he committed a foul that didn't need to happen. Um, yeah, I, I think you probably want to start with a little bit more, uh, season defenders, and I, you know, you, you you have said from the start that Paulson is not a center back, and uh, I think you were validated pretty extensively uh, in this game. 
I think they need another one. Yeah, I think I think he I think he need another one. If this is if this is as if this is as quick as we you know get to the bottom of the well, and I think, I mean, I guess if Pines is available, maybe you have a little bit of a different conversation. Yeah, but it, it got Hayden Sargis too. I mean, they've got. They've oh got boy, several. They've got several center backs. They got Hayden Sargis. They got Derek Williams. Did he make the bench? I don't think he did. Right. I don't don't believe he did. I and we started. Ahead. We had two goalkeepers on the bench and didn't have another center back if he was healthy. So if that's the case, if he was healthy and didn't make it over Luis Zamudio, then yeah, uh, <laughs> not great. Yeah, not great. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's that's some of the bad. What would you think of? Uh, I thought the second goal was pretty bad too. Oh yeah, I, I, I think you know Tyler Miller makes a great save. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the wall, the wall is fine. The wall doesn't have to move. The wall doesn't really have to react. You know, there's four or five of them. None of the other players, uh, you know, picked up any secondary runners. There was a lot of standing around and looking uh, after Tyler Miller, Miller made a great save. Yeah, I'm not sure if that if if Paulson missed a memo. If it seemed like maybe the the plan was from everybody except for Paulson was to stick stick was to basically sit right and everybody be everybody for Toronto be offside. Um, I Paulson moved. And as he moved, he basically kept the offside line with him and kept everybody from Toronto offside. Like you said, no one else picked up any runners. Um, that's something I think I'd be curious. Cause first I was like, I think Paulson Paulson is at fault here. He did not pick yeah. up. He, you know, half picked up the runner. He didn't, you know, that rebound, should always be, you know, defenders either should be pouncing or you should be trying to catch guys offside. Um, I, who knows? Uh, well, honestly, I don't know what the what the actual game plan was or whether um, it didn't happen. It did not look good. Um, obviously, Akinbone with the first goal, the penalty. I think they got a lot of uh, people were a little bit upset about that. Um, I've looked at it. It's 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 a penalty, right? Yep. Call. Um, I think, you know, Ted Uncle. Ted Uncle had had a had a a, ca- a classic Ted Uncle game um, in a lot of ways, but I think he got he did get that call, uh, he did get that call right. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at the lineup. By the way, yes, confirmed there was no Hayden Sargis on the bench. Um, so uh, obviously DC goes down two one after being up for most of the game. You're thinking, you know, I was thinking, okay, we saw some some positives, but man, is this going to be like? <laughs> Is this kind of like you know how many how many times can you uh, you know derive positives out of that? And then uh, of course sub started to come in. Tekudu Pietro came in, um, I believe. Uh, I think when they were actually, I think when they when they tied when the game was tied up, I think is when he came on in the in the free. So he was there, he was there for the free kick. Um, Tekudu Pietro comes on, and then later of course Jackson Hopkins, Christian Fletcher, and you know I think from this game. You know, I think what I what I wanted to see, you know, and I think the one thing that can make the difference in this season, number one is obviously Matias Click, Taxi Fulentas, Christian Benteke playing like designated players. Yep. Out there being the best players out there on the team, driving the attack. I think from um from uh, Matias Click, we obviously saw it. Benteke obviously at the time, I don't think we were really seeing it, but he does get the goal later. So I think we we did see that. And then the other thing was is okay. Can our homegrowns, Jackson Hopkins, Akinbone, Christian Fletcher, and uh, obviously Teku to Pietro, can we start to see maybe that next step? And I think there is where we got our answer. Because as soon as Hopkins, Christian, and Christian Fletcher, and, and Teku to Pietro came in, um, the team definitely started to take this game from two, you know, 
not looking so good and sort of turning the field. And obviously, uh, take you to Pietro picks up man of the match. Uh, just really nice passing play um, and movement between him. Um, I'd say Fletcher and Hopkins each had moments where they look like, okay, these guys, these guys have grown up a little bit. Um, yeah. They're they're they've grown from now just like potential young, youngsters to guys off a bench that can potentially change a game. And if these, if that can, if that can be a commonplace for all these players, and maybe one of them breaks in, I think right now, take you to Pietro, good candidate, maybe to break into the starting lineup after that performance. Um, if that can happen, we really might have something here. Um, that's the one X factor to this team that I think could change the, the negative uh, perceptions heading into the season. I think T- Ted Kuti Pietro did not uh, for, I just, so I just watched it before we talked when he came on in the 67th minute, I did not see his name mentioned until uh, Fletcher and mm-hmm. Hopkins both came on. It was the, when the three of them came on, he was, he was a much more dangerous force. Fletcher specifically looked extremely composed. He looked mm-hmm. the most composed of anyone on the ball. He was comfortable in possession. He was comfortable playing one twos with Jayaz. He was, uh, he's a player that if, if there's a winger that's not available or if you're considering who's a good pairing uh, with Benteke uh, between him and potentially Nigel Bertha, I think you got to give Fletcher. I was, I was just, I was amazed in a, in a very, very short amount of time uh, at his, at his comments to your point. They've very much grew up here in, in an off season. Yeah. And, and, and you look at the, the, they, they favored that left side with, with Mohanad, who I, I think there were some people that are maybe a little bit negative on him. I thought he was. I thought he was good. I thought he he is he is a guy who I'm excited to see more of. Is this off season? I think he connects. I think for the for the click goal, he kind of uh, you know creates sort of an opportunity and, and a sort of a nice pass that sort of finds click and then clicks runs into the space. He obviously has the assist on the game winning Ted Cudipietro goal. Uh, I thought he looked good. Now, like you said, yeah, I did not see much from from Ted Cudipietro until Fletcher came in, they definitely favored that left side and uh, just the passing and movement, the way they kind of created space uh, really Toronto didn't really know what to do. Um, they didn't know who to mark. They were trying to guess to hold, um, you know, hold their formation and uh, DC just kind of passed around them. And the ball comes from, I forget who plays the ball off, but I think, I think it was, uh, it was Mo who finds, um, who finds, uh, or maybe it was, maybe it was Fletcher. Fletcher kind of lays it off to Mo and then, uh, you know, uh, Teku Di Pietro makes a run to the end line, plays a nice chip cross over the top, finds Benteke for the for the header. 2-2. And after that, I'm thinking, okay, that's like, that's what we want to see. We want to see some fight in this team. How, how many times last year did we see this team melt? Like, it was like, give up a goal or they go behind. And it was like, either they give up a third or they would just look very much. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen this team really fight to go out and, and, and get a, and, and get, and get something out of the game. Um, and I was thinking, okay, you know, this ends two two disappointing because we had the lead, but I'm fine with the way this team sort of battled back. And then we have the moment. Uh, I think Ted Q to Pietro could not, uh, could not write a better script for his first, uh, first team goal for his hometown team. Um, it's a really nicely worked passing minute passing from the team. Um, Mo kind of gets the ball in the middle and uh, take you to Pietro makes a really intelligent run. I think is to say a really nice, intelligent run gets the ball into the six yard box, puts the ball away, uh, creates probably the best social video. I think I've seen uh, <laughs> for DC and I, I don't know if you had a chance to, to see that, but an incredible moment for him, an incredible way to get a goal. Uh, the team was 
obviously very, very jazz for him. Um, all the, the homegrown players, um, just an incredible off, off the bench performance. And it, it was, it was awesome. Awesome way to win the first game. I think it was probably one of the better, one of the better matches, uh, of the weekend. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think this is, this is a good start. It's just week one, a lot can change, but I think I saw enough here to say, okay, I'm, I think I, I, I think some people maybe need to walk back some wooden spoon predictions for us because this, they seems like maybe there was some misconceptions and that they're actually, there's a plan here and it's, it's being executed. So we'll see injuries could completely wreck this team. Like, like they have in the, have in the past, but. We didn't speak about him, but I want to make sure I call out Mohamed uh, Jazzy, Pedro Santos. Yeah, Pedro and Santos. Nigel, and Nigel Roberto all performed better than I was hoping they would. Pedro Santos specifically played a role to me that this team needs, both from a skill perspective, but also from a fiery perspective. He had a little, <laughs> bit, of Felipe, a little bit of Felipe in him, mm-hmm. um, which I think is something this team always can use. So Pedro, Russell, and, and, and Mateusz are all sort of filling that mucky dirty gritty role i think in, in a positive way uh this team's going to be harder to play against that's what wayne had been talking about all off season. that was one thing he wanted to make sure that other teams felt when they played him uh, or played this team so yeah like you said you can't be anything but happy with the way this thing uh landed and now you get to see if they can do it again on the road or do what you know this team in the last few years when we've been bad on the road good luck we're, we're ne- we were never had a chance to win <laughs> like yeah. points were just so hard to come by on the road. So let's see what this team can do on the road. And let's see if there's any of these, if, uh, you know, if Burnbaum can make it, could make full 90, I bet you he can. And let's see if taxi can get back on the field. That's, that's all, that's all positive. If yeah. That happens. It, it's, it's, it's positive in the way this team went out and got the result, despite the fact that they are in a, in a pretty injured state. Um, they are not at full strength. So it's po- It's great to see the positives that you're seeing. I mean, this could have been if this is a three nothing disaster, three nothing loss. Like we just look lost, then you know we're having a much, much different conversation. Um, but the team showed strong, picks up three points that they need. Uh, it's it's early, but it, I think it's I think it's exactly what the doctor ordered for for me as a fan. I think for you as a fan, this is what we want to see. We want to see this team. Um, we want to see this team uh, making these types making these types of moves and, and looking like they are a competent team and. Um, Honestly, for right now, hats off to Wayne Rooney in the in the preseason. Um, I think he he got this team prepared in a right way. They look more prepared, more in sync than I think uh, we have seen uh, it for typical from for typical from previous DC United teams. Um, you know, you look at what Hernan supposedly had a whole off season, and I think we all thought this team was going to be in sync. They were going to look great. Everything was going to be going to be good and then first game rolls around and they looked like nothing like they looked like they were a brand new team even though most of the guys were back and this is a team that was was a lot of different sort of it's a roster build that people have said didn't make sense and this team looked like they they played together like they looked like they were in sync they knew what moves they were going to do that's an extremely good way to start if you want to get off to a hot start having a team that understands their roles, understands what they need to do uh, is a huge, huge first step um, in getting this team ready. So um, honestly, uh, to preview, I guess a little bit of the Colum- of the Columbus game, I tried to watch a little bit. They, of course, had a 4-1 loss to Philly. Uh, Philly is going to run. I, I just don't want to lose to Philly 7 to nothing. I think no. if we can hold it, if we can <laughs> hold it 3-1 or 
two one or something like that, I will be happy. Uh, Philly looks like they are going to be dominant. They um, uh, the game. I, I will say the interesting thing about uh, about the way obviously Wilfer uh, Nancy is the coach taking over. Uh, they are employing a three five two. Uh, and they are trying the, they are doing the center back Andy Nahar role. They have a, a player, uh, it's number 32. I can't, can't remember his name exactly, but he is, he is listed as a center back, but he is going to kind of drift in. And so that'll be something to watch out for. How can this team sort of handle that type of energy? We saw how much it sort of wrecked havoc on a lot of other teams when Hernan was here in, in 2021, sort of having Andy Nahar run from that center back role. So interesting, interesting sort of challenge, I think, for, um, for this team to do so. And I know, I know Columbus is going to want to look to bounce back. Uh, they got the early goal and then just did not look like the same team. They got basically run over. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there for, uh, for DC. They, they looked pretty weak down the middle. Um, obviously they have Darlington Nagby, who's certainly getting up there in age, uh, but still a pretty good, uh, they have Aiden Morris. Who's, uh, lost all I think of last season in 2021. I don't know how much he played in 2022, uh, but one of their young players. So there's going to be some inexperience there, sort of in the center of midfield, uh, that I think a team like DC with Canals, with Click, and with Durkin can potentially exploit. Uh, so should be a fun matchup, obviously on the road against Columbus uh, at Lower.com Field. I think is the name of the stadium. Yep. So should be a fun time. I know we got some people traveling out there. So. Um, so yeah, and uh, we're going to enjoy another full slate of them. I think every game is now on Saturday now, so there's no more of this Sunday, Monday, and obviously there were some postponements and everything like that. So hopefully a full slate of games. Let's, I want to whip through some Twitter questions real quick. Yep, go ahead. Uh, Yamil Assad, really? Should we really go back to him when, when he was a shattered husk of a player in 2020 and that playoff injury in 2018? You may be asking, why is he talking about Yamil Assad? Well, today, uh, I think, was it today? Maybe it was today. Uh, Yamil Assad is a free agent and in Washington, D.C., supposedly, according to a reporter that I don't know who he is, uh, and saying that he is potentially trying to get back with D.C. United. What do you think about this with no context around that? You know, it's it's he's 28. Um, I think he's had he's had some legal troubles, hasn't he? He drunk driving, I believe. is. The, yeah. The so, you know, I think it's worth, you know, if, if you're bringing him in on a trial, if you're seeing if there's something there, why not? He's here the trial you you know get him out on the field um he's obviously under Wayne Rooney where you know he had some he had his most success i think he's trying to get to that comfortable place it was very clear that he and Hernan Lasada did not get along it's why i think this whole thing kind of fell apart yep um but i think maybe he thinks under Wayne he can get back to being comfortable maybe back to enjoying soccer a little bit um I don't know if it, it, if he if he if this sounds like maybe i hope this is a case where dc is not reaching out to him but he's Emil is reaching out to DC and saying, Hey, can you give me another shot? And maybe the team is like, okay, we're going to let, we'll, we'll give you a trial. We'll see if something's there. We'll talk with Wayne and, and we'll, and we'll see if we can make something happen. Play, play a couple games for us at Loudon. Yeah. And let, let, <laughs> let us know how you go. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's worth, it's worth maybe taking a look at. Um, I hope it's not the only answer. I hope it's not. The yeah. numbers have increased. At first it was like, Oh, one or two players we're looking at. Then the Martini injury has like, well, we're looking at two or three players now. So they, they've got, I think they have two open roster slots because they did not register Ravo Morrison. We didn't talk about that. We'll talk about it some other time. <laughs> I, Yeah. Yeah, uh, I got I to gotta get to sleep so I can get I can I can. That's uh, that's, that's that's fair. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about some. We'll talk about some other time. But uh, we got but, a yeah. couple other 
Yeah, we have a couple of Twitter questions I'll run through. Uh, at Brandon Zebron says, do you think Durkin at right mid is something we'll see throughout the season? I like him as a player, but his skill set doesn't mean seem to mesh on the wing. You you kind of brought this up. What do you think about him sort of drifting out that way? He's well, first of all, he's not playing on the wing. That's not his that's not his role. His role mm-hmm. is to this is uh, this is not a I feel like some people get get set on certain formations and you know there are teams that play very rigid you know we play a 4231 the two the formation the way they look on the field is very much how the formation looks this is sort of a a flexible formation where it's more about what roles certain players serve um so Durkin is he he drifts out to the right because that's where the space is going to be um and you know so click is going to be more central but I think what he he is playing sort of as a sort of a, an eight sort of in between trying to, you know, shuttle the ball forward, maybe see if he can get across in. And I thought he was I thought he was personally pretty effective in that role. Um, I thought he got a, a few crosses in over. There was one to Pedro Santos that, you know, if he directs it on goal, it's maybe two nothing entering the half. Um, you know, I thought he played he's always had an ability to serve a ball. And I think that's one of his biggest strengths. And so I think it could be something that he could utilize uh, pretty effectively here. So you got to think about this formation a little differently. You're going to see a four, four, two, you're going to see him out on the right, but he is very much, I'd be curious if they have the, you know, those little average position uh, maps, because you will probably see this team look, it'll look more like a four, three, three than it will a four, four, two. If you look at something like that. So we've kind of talked about that. So we have a couple of quick, I think, so what is the uh, what, solution out on the wing if Taxi is out for an extended period of time? I mean, I think when you're looking at Taxi, so when you look at this, the way this team's going to play, um, I think obviously we're, I think right now it's probably just Roberta. It's either Roberta or Christian Fletcher. Yeah. Um, one of the two is going to probably be out there as sort of a, um, as sort of that center forward, deep lying forward who's going to kind of cut in. So um, we'll see what happens once, uh, once Taxi comes back. I hope it's not. It sounds like he was fine, but at least before the injury report, but maybe he picked up some tightness and they're like, well, we just we don't want to risk it. Let's go get you checked out. Um, So hopefully he's back. I'll be curious to see what the injury report looks like for him. And the last one I think is funny because it's a question we don't normally get asked and I want to address it quickly. (laughs) Uh, Sarah Rorgel says, I'm new to this podcast. What are you guys about? And what would you say are the key episodes that shape this podcast into what it is today? Sarah, thank you for at least following us on Twitter enough to ask us this question. Uh, I I would say what we're about is uh, being a fan-centered podcast, sort of looking at the game from the perspective of the supporters. Ted and I have been around for a long time, Ted longer than me. We've been doing this for five seasons. This is our fifth season. Uh, We, you know, in in our heyday used to do interviews every week. I, I think we're sort of stepping a little bit away from that, a sort of a, from that close connection to the team and really just looking at this team from the outsider's perspective that we have for a number of reasons, one of which we just don't really have the time anymore <laughs> to, to be that sort of consistent content creators. But I think, you know, uh, it's not a stats heavy show. We'd like to get into little stats, it's not a tactics, super heavy show. It's really about sort of everything else, every, everything else about what the team is about and how the team's performing and what's going on and off the field. And what are the key episodes that shape this podcast into what it is today? I think our first couple episodes <laughs> were were sort of were sort of key to where we ended up and sort of our building our listener group, which were about uh, the the long forgotten, thankfully, or at least not talked about anymore, sort of uh, supporter squabbles at the early days at Audi Field. Uh, and I think also maybe being the first 
pe- first people to interview Hernan Lasada when he joined mm-hmm. uh, was was pretty cool. All, all those things are in our archive. What, what are there any other episodes that stand out to you, Ted? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you brought up the supporter on which if you're if you're not aware, uh, if you're maybe new, a little bit new to the team or new to the podcast, it was a uh, it was a big talking point in 2018 as they headed into the new stadium. That's really when this podcast got started. Uh, was when it was sort of the 2018, the weird year. Obviously, having you know Wayne Rooney come back. Um, you know, I, I think obviously, um, I think we had a, an interview out there with Dave Johnson, who was who was fantastic. That's one of the interviews that I particularly liked. Um, also, the one with the Leco. Um, so you know, you know, I, I've been, you know, I think John, you've been a, a fan for a long time. I mean, I've been a fan of this team since I was a kid. It's still, and this last game just confirmed it. Just how much, how much I love this club when they when they do things like that. I was uh, I was yelling in my in my townhouse apartment. I'm sure my neighbors think I'm a crazy person. Uh, you know, I was certainly celebrating the victory um, yesterday. So, I mean, I think I think that's what you know what I wanted this show to be. Um, I did a podcast called Around the League for a number of years. John was a correspondent on that show, and that's how we met. And, and the, the tagline of that show was for the fans, by the fans. And I think that's kind of how I wanted this show to be. I wanted this show to be, you know, a, a voice for the fans. I wanted to be independent, you know, as far as how we covered the team. Um, and I wanted, you know, to be opinionated. Um, you know, obviously, I try to dip into the stats, into the tactics and stuff like that. But, you know, I think we're a show still that just wants to, you know, ensure that we're getting the voice. We always want input from the fans. Uh, you know, we have a live show where we take questions in from the fans. And so to kind of, to kind of be that, to kind of be that podcast uh, for, for the, for the team and covering, covering all DC soccer too, I think is a big step we made. Um, we cover the spirit. We cover, uh, we have another podcast that covers loud and United uh, done by the two guys down there. So. And, and yeah. uh, when we started, we were one of many and now we're one of a few. Uh, yeah. So I think it's, <laughs> Uh, if, if, if there's anything about us, it's that we're still going, uh, and that yeah. there are fans that support the show. There are fans that write into the show. There's fans that listen to the show and we're appreciative of all of them. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the only reason why we're up onto year five, but also <laughs> this team might get interesting and that'll help too. Yeah, that certainly will help. Let me say, uh, 2022 was not a fun year to try to cover this team. The Wayne Rooney stuff was interesting. Um, but what wasn't necessarily a fun year, um, no. Thank you guys so much again for the questions. I think as, as stated before, we couldn't do the show without you guys. You guys are incredible. Um, we're going to let John get some sleep. He's got a <laughs> he's got a big day tomorrow. Uh, but thank you guys again so much for listening. Again, check us out, patreon.com slash Refugees. Also, check us out on um, Twitter, twitter.com slash Refugees. Also, if you want to listen to our live show, we are we will get on a normal, regular schedule with that. Um, Any week in which I am not uh, having my <laughs> arm cut open, I'll be. we'll have a re- weekly uh, live show. Yeah, or or in, uh, indisposed. Um, right. So we're doing. We got. Uh, yeah. So we got that. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So check us out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.